Jesus spoke the truth regardless of his location, even if he was in the house of a leader of the Pharisees, like in Luke 14, verse 1. While in this ruler's house for a meal on the Sabbath, Jesus noticed how the rest of the experts in the law and the Pharisees, they they chose the best places to sit. The best seats were those that were nearest to the host. And Jesus, after watching them and seeing what they did, he addressed their behavior. And he said this, When you are invited by anyone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in the best place, lest one more honorable than you be invited by him. And he who invited you and him come and say to you, Give place to this man, and then you begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit down in the lowest place, so that when he who invited you comes, he may say to you, Friend, go up higher. Then you will have glory in the presence of those who sit at the table with you. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Luke 14, verse 8 through 11. The experts in the law and the Pharisees, they would sit in these best places, these best seats, because they assumed that no one would come who was more honorable than themselves. They believed, I am most deserving of this place of honor. They exalted themselves. They were full of pride. Now, when we think about these kinds of passages... We often apply this passage to preachers and denominations who take the title of reverend or pastor or holy father or whatever else they feel like, and it's true. Taking on titles like that is something Jesus specifically condemned, and it displays pride. Jesus mentioned this in Matthew 23, verse 6 through 11. But I think sometimes we like to make the application to others instead of ourselves. The Pharisees were a part of God's covenant people under the Old Testament. Who are the covenant people of God under the New Testament? Well, the Bible teaches, 1 Peter 2, 4-10, that is Christians. Peter says there in 1 Peter 2, 4-10, "...coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious." You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is also contained in the Scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious, but to those who are disobedient, The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief offense, the chief cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble, being disobedient to the word to which they also were appointed. But you, now he's writing to Christians, remember, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. 1 Peter 2, 4-10. through 10. The application of this lesson Jesus taught the Pharisees is best made to the Lord's church, to Christians. We must be cautious not to use events like gospel meetings or lectureships to exalt preachers. 
Why is it that some preachers are giving the prime time slots at lectureships, or maybe they're the first choices at gospel meetings? Is it possible, not saying it's always the case, but is it possible that some Christians exalt preachers more than they should? I think the Apostle Paul would have something to say to such Christians. He says in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 5, Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos, but ministers through whom you believed, as the Lord gave to each one? Paul tells us that what matters is the message of the cross, which is the power of God. He says, For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. 1 Corinthians 1, 17-18. Gospel meetings and lectureships can be wonderfully encouraging events where we have a chance to spend more time studying God's Word. God's Word, though, ought to be the focus, not the speaker, not the message, not, not the messenger, but the message over the messenger. While we all have preachers and teachers that we enjoy hearing and we enjoy sitting at their feet and learning from them, we must remain vigilant not to exalt them on high. Any preacher who places the Bible and the cross front and center is doing exactly as he ought to do. Preachers must also guard against having the mindset of the Pharisees. And as someone who preaches, as a Christian who preaches and teaches the Word of God, I, I admit to you that there is a temptation to feed our egos and to become somebody in the brotherhood. There's a temptation for every preacher to fall in love with the spotlight rather than the message of the cross. Perhaps more of us as preachers, we ought to think perhaps more seriously about the words of Paul. He says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, I didn't come with excellence of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God, for I was determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. 1 Corinthians 2, 1-5. Every time someone stands to teach or preach the Word of God, may we remember that the skill or talent of the speaker doesn't matter. We aren't trying to build people's faith in the preacher, but in the power of God. The power of God is the gospel of Christ, Romans 1, 16 through 17. The power of God is His Word, Hebrews 4, verse 12. Jesus has confronted the pride of His people before, and He continues to engage our pride today through His Word. I appreciate you watching and listening to yet another episode of Centered on Christ. Centered on Christ is emailed as an article five days a week. Click the link in the description if you want to start receiving Centered on Christ to help with your daily Bible study.